Andrew, you weren't here. Liam, apparently Liam was doing some coursework and uh, lost track of time. So oh, okay. he's not going to make it tonight, but uh, that's cool. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start. <clears throat> All righty, I'm ready when you're ready. Cool. Wait, Pat. Uh, welcome to the... I'm sorry, what's that? I just said lead the way, Pat. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Pat, right, you're I'm... okay to start. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Andrew, anything? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Pat. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Hudson Valley Disc Golf Podcast. Lots to get to, so my name's Pat. Uh, this here is Andrew. Hey, what's up, Andrew? Hey, how's it going? Uh, Liam was not able to make it tonight, but... Uh, we've got some catching up to the three of us, so we're going to do an episode in a couple days anyway, because I know Andrew had a trip to Maple Hill he wants to talk about, Ooh. and so we'll we'll focus more on that in a couple days, because we got two guests, and uh, it was going to be dubs, but now it's going to be head-to-head-to-head. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Our first guest tonight. Hey, J-Fat, what's going on? What's up? What's up? J-Fat, has yeah. anybody ever come up to you and asked you for a disc because of this podcast? Not yet, No. I know you uh, mentioned something about it, so I'm waiting. But I tried it last week, and still no, no, no bites. Just checking. Uh, so, how have you been spending time since our stay-at-home orders? Uh, I've been not staying home, and I've been playing a lot of uh, socially distant disc golf. Nice. Uh, did you get to any new courses recently? Any new courses? Uh, nothing new, but I've been out to uh, Wilcox, Jay Park, Warwick just opened back up. Nice. Did you get out to Wilcox on? Memorial Day, they had some social distance rounds going. No, I went to, uh, I believe it was Jay Park that day. I decided since there'd be so many people there, I was going to go somewhere a little less crowded. Smart. What is the next event you're scheduled to attend? I don't have one yet. No? I'm I'm waiting to get to sign up to one. The only one I can think of right now is I'm looking forward to the Blaze. I'm hoping that still happens. Nice. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Do you have any plans for the summer? Nope. None at all this year. Usually I do my uh, Allentown area trip, but that got put on hold, so I haven't started planning anything yet. Well, J-Fat, I did see your picture of the rocks the other day, and you got me thinking. So I figured we can't do the PA trip. Why not bring a little bit of PA over to the Hudson Valley? Great idea. I actually met our our next guest several years ago. He is a three-time Brent Hambrick TD of the Year nominee. But he was no doubt the 2015 Beacon Glades TD of the Year. Andrew, this guy is responsible for the single largest disc golf tournament in Beacon Glades history. Oh my gosh. Using pre-COVID numbers, of course. We could probably fit, what, 80 at Beacon? You know, four on each tee, 20 holes, skip hole, 6B for safety, right? This guy fit 88 people on an 18-hole layout and made it run like it was half full. It was insane. Do you know who I'm talking about, Andrew? So I see his name, so I don't know if it's mm-hmm. fair, um, but I don't think I've ever uh, met you, Mike. I don't think we met. I don't uh, I don't get up to uh, your neck of the woods very often. Uh. That's, in fact, the last time I saw him up here. But, Andrew, are you are you familiar with Mr. Disc Golf? I've heard the name. That's who we're speaking with. Oh, How are you nice. doing, Mike? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. He sounds like a hero. He is a hero to many. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes is what I've heard, but some carry disc golf bags. Sometimes. So welcome to the podcast, Mike Solt, Mr. Disc Golf. Uh, thank you, sir, for taking some time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Now, having heard the first few minutes of this podcast, are you questioning your decision to join us tonight, your friendship with JFAT, or both? Uh, not at all. I'm actually, uh, it's more encouraging to be here. Awesome. How did you first discover Disc Golf? So my uncle was a PDJ 2947 
Uh, he started playing back in San Diego back in 77, moved to Oklahoma, and he was a mover and shaker throughout the 80s in Oklahoma. Late 90s, he moved to the KC area as well and moved to Pennsylvania. Um, early 2000s, met my aunt. They got married. And April 2004, he took me to uh, play against sports, got a 174 white DX T-Bird and uh, headed to South Mountain. Uh, we played a few holes there and just uh, physically beat me up and I couldn't throw a Frisbee to save my life. And we drove over to old Jordan when it was across the street and uh, played a handful of holes there before it started to rain. When, when you say old Jordan, you're talking about Jordan Creek? Jordan Creek was across the street from where it is now. Really? So originally it was where Jordan is now was version one. Mm -hmm. Then it was moved across the street back in the early 2000s. And then for uh, Pro Worlds in 05, they moved it back across the street and pretty much into the layout what's there today. What was the other one you had mentioned? Uh, South Mountain? South Mountain, yep. JFAT, we played that one, right? That was pretty I brutal, wasn't it? I believe we did. That's uh, It's not the uh, Blue Mountain course, but that's one where they do Once Around the Mountain, right? Once Around the Mountain. It's the home of the uh, Lehigh Valley Ice Bowl where we have, you know, last year had 189 people come out. Yeah, that one's got a lot of shorter holes, but they're technical, wooded. There's a big, uh, I think there's a big, like, antenna tower out there, radio tower. Uh, water tower on hole 11 and 14, yep. Nice. So... How have you and your family been handling things with the current situation? So uh, COVID has been interesting, to say the least. Um, my wife's a teacher, so she's been teaching from home. My 10-year-old's in fourth grade, so he's been learning from home. And uh, my day job kept me working the whole time. So with that, anytime we need to go out anywhere, you know, be it groceries, get gas in the vehicles, I'm the one taking the vehicles and you know, limiting the exposure to everybody back home. Yeah. Fortunately... Jim Thorpe only has 18 cases of COVID and the whole County I live in only has like two thirty. Okay. So uh, it's really been mitigated here. Um, but with my day job, it takes me to the greater Philly region. So uh, yeah. doing a lot of that, uh, you know, social distancing, practicing uh, for sure. So you said you, you started playing in 2004, 2004 is when I first picked up a Frisbee. And what made you decide to get more involved with running events? Uh, 2005, I helped out with one of the local events. And then 2006, I ran my first tournament with the, my co-TD, Bob Zadie, who you know showed me the ropes, really. And that was called the uh, Summer Solstice, as coined by uh, Adam Zucker of CBS Sports. He's also the voice of 05 and 06 Worlds DVDs. Oh, wow. So that's how I started running events. And then I, I would do two or three, up to five events a year. Through 2005, six, oh, 2010, so five years, and then um, you know, Mr. Disc Golf, as it may, made its appearance at the 2000, uh, 2010 Great Pocono Open, the only eight year I've ever run. Uh, 100, 106 people from 16 states, and then 2011, I had released the Mr. Disc Golf schedule, and the rest is history. Yeah, I saw on your page you guys. This is you're celebrating 10 years, correct? Right. That's awesome. Did you come up with the name Mr. Disc Golf? Um, I did. Friends used to call me the disc golf mayor, the disc golf governor, because I was always talking to people, just being social. And, you know, one of the things that I always was, you know, loved about disc golf is meeting new people and finding out their background and what brought them to disc golf and just learn about them as a person. Um, and to coin the term Mr. Disc Golf just sort of worked out. Awesome. We're going to talk about some more of your events basically throughout the episode, but I did want to ask you, what is the first thing that you have scheduled that you really believe will occur? 
So I got an event in August out in Jersey mm-hmm. at Ocean County Park. I think that may have a potential to run. Um, but if not, it'll be uh, Twin Grove, uh, the the campground that I, I run a tournament at every uh, April and September. I think that'll be the first event of the year. Okay. Well, second event of the year, first since COVID. What is the Mr. Disc Golf schedule? So originally it started as 10 events. Mm-hmm. 2016... It ended up being 42 events and 37 weekends in eight states. Wow. And these are all tournaments that you run? All tournaments that I'm a tournament yeah. director. Or, or, you know, in 2016, I was one of the tournament directors of one of the courses at GBO. So I include that on there. But, I, you know, I ran a, a, a B tier in Tampa that year. I ran New York States up at uh, Frost Valley. You know, my event at Maple Hill. Um, I'm not sure if I was at Warwick that year or not. I was out of West Virginia at a Paul Paul. So I, you know, a little bit everywhere, man. I just love bringing people together to play disc golf. Man, how is Pawpaw, West Virginia? Pawpaw, West Virginia is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, there you, you it's, the, the two courses are just incredible. Um, the owners of the property are just great people. And, you know, when I brought that tournament down there, it was the first tournament there in a number of years. So it brought back old school people, new school people. And though the weather wasn't the best, by the end of the end of the two days, it was just a fantastic experience. Uh, you're you're a half hour from anything remotely close of like, like like the Dollar General that's everywhere on every corner here or, or at your area. It's a half hour from their house. Oh wow! Uh, the, their son's bus stop was like forty minute drive from their house. And you know the the, uh, the owner he drove over an hour to go to work every day. Jeez! And what it really is is paradise. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. My, I mean, my brother and I were going to have a tournament there in April, but of course, like COVID, we weren't able to go. And I'm like, oh man, I want to play that course so bad. Uh, so, who had the idea to build a temp course at the Pocono Raceway? Oh, we talked about it for years, but uh, the guy that was really after me to make it happen was a friend of mine, who, you know, from Illinois, who has since moved to Texas, Jim Trotter, who uh, used to, you know run the uh, trotter boxes he and i were uh, co-owners of the uh the website talk disc golf um and just you know ever since his club had fundraiser discs back in the late 2000s you know we've been friends and then 2014 i drove out there for a tournament with two buddies and it didn't hurt that the president of the pocono raceway at the time was a very good friend of mine yeah actually the first time i walked uh i knew that he was a disc golfer was uh walking on my home course at hickory run He's walking off with a buddy, and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, no, what are you doing here? And, you know, I come to find out he had a PDJ number of 25,000 when I'm 32,000. I'm sorry. When was that during the year? That's not going to happen this year, or, will, or is there a chance? I don't remember. Well, I don't know if I'll do it in the magnitude that I did those those three years, the experience. But there's, uh, you know, with the COVID, um, I think it'd be fantastic for us as disc golfers to have something like Pocono to get some people out there and really enjoy. So I may try to make that happen. That That's with tea times as well, right? Well, that's if I do the bigger event. The last time, last event I ran up there was a little C tier. Mm-hmm. And we did 18 holes in the grandstand, the fanfare area of the course. So uh, it really wasn't, we weren't on the track. We didn't utilize the infield or victory lane at all. It, it was actually a lot more logistically feasible. All right, so we're going to be asking you questions basically all through the night, but we're going to go ahead and uh, get going with our round here. Sure. Um, We're going to kick off hole one with some news, not exactly breaking news, but 
uh, worthy of a mention since it resided. We talked about it a lot in recent weeks. Uh, the Mindkill Disc Golf Championships, with it's been our barometer for the state of disc golf. Uh, they've been postponed. Andrew, you're on the wait list. Is that correct? I am. Uh, um, I think I'm not on the wait list. I'm actually like signed up for it. Oh, you got in? I think I want to say huh? I did. Mindkill, right? Yeah, it's not. They uh, they haven't st- uh, set a date. Are you you do you plan att- on attending? I would love to. I'm Jones in person tournament. Yes, I <laughs> I am signed up. Cool. Yeah. JFAT, did you sign up for it? I did not sign up. Do you do you plan on it? I'm gonna wait and see right now. Okay. You said for Mindkill that they were changing the layout. Is that correct? Uh, yes. They're. Uh, I think last I checked, they're gonna play the toughest uh, layouts the first day and then play the shorter layouts the second day because the last few years they've definitely had a fair amount of people who uh, drop out after the uh, first round on Sunday after the third round just because it's usually in the summer it's like one year it was cold and snowy one year it was like (laughs) 90 degrees and if you're not in the running I think people were just like I don't need to beat myself up uh, Andrew you have you played this tournament yet I haven't. I haven't even played the course. Um, I was going to play it like when I was like looking at courses to play and I wanted to play that one. It was like, oh, that's like kind of a far drive. And I think I was, you know, maybe if I had like woken up earlier, I think I could have done it. But I think at that point it was like, uh, I don't think I'll make it. Mike, are you familiar with the Minekill State Park course in Blenheim, New York? I am. It's on uh, my bucket list to go play when I go up to play J Park as well. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, do you get to play when you're running as many tournaments as you do? Do you get to play in any? Uh, very few and far between. I did play uh, the birthday bash at Sedgley this year with the 90 people. Mm-hmm. Um, all my friends pulled together to help make it so I could play. That's awesome. Oh, so like a bunch of people just picked up your load. Right. And, and you know, I don't carry inventory anymore, so I do nothing but uh, I use other vendors to do my payouts. Uh, so everybody helped here and there making things happen. And you know, the guy that really is my right hand player, for, you know, person with Mr. Discoff in the early years, he's from the Philly area. So I got to play both rounds with him. He was helping with scoring. You know, everybody just pitched in to make it so I can play and enjoy the day just as much as they did. Awesome. Now, is mine killing the same middle of nowhere like Frost Valley? Uh, it's not quite as in the middle of nowhere. For me, from Kingston, mine kills like an hour. I mean, okay. it- probably like 15 minutes from the nearest town whereas yeah frost valley is just that's in the middle of nowhere i mean don't get me wrong i thought frost valley was amazing and i'd go back tomorrow if i could you know it it was just you know playing that course down friday when i got there was just incredible oh yeah it's definitely i tell people a course they have to hit i've played it a couple times and i did like the uh, inaugural tournament the first year they had one and it was just great to meet uh, John Hook and hear his thoughts on course design. And oh, right on! Then to actually just see all the work that he really must have put into it—it's phenomenal course. Uh, so, Mike, we've recently reached a couple milestones with the podcast. Uh, we reached one year, and a couple weeks later, we got five thousand downloads. So, I expect you honestly—I expect you to double that for us. But until that happens, to celebrate, I wanted to give away a Hudson Valley Disc Golf podcast stamped dimax disc what's the best random number generator that you use oh there's a bunch uh, i prefer the wheel i think it's wheeldecide.com you just cut and paste your list in and you know set your time and have it let it have a go at it the discs are super dope by the way 
Um, they're so dope that I haven't taken it out of class <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> You guys have an intro song and all that stuff? Yeah, I do that all. I do so much of this in, in post because I honestly don't know what I'm doing. So I figure we do one hole at a time. That's and, pretty uh, cool, man. I like you know, that. Hopefully it works. All right. Let's see. Flywheel change. Oh, you're spinning the wheel right now? I'm spinning the wheel. Hopefully it's not. Is it number nine? Oh, my goodness. JFAT. It just landed on nine. True story, JFAT. I'm going to take a picture of it. But, well, eh. you believe me. It landed on nine. JFAT just beat me about two hours ago for the nine tag. So, JFAT. Oh, my god! I don't even have to. <laughs> that wheel is very I, It's crazy. Um, but I was going to have to. I put all 20 people in, but like Liam and Andrew, obviously they already got one, so they wouldn't be. So, but the very first spin, Mike, you're, you're his good luck charm. That's great. All right. So uh, next time I see you, I'll get you, I'll get you uh, a disc. So congratulations, JFAT. That was not, I, I swear that was not planned. Uh, so the plan though, Andrew, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, this first one I wanted to do randomly, but at the end of each month, I want to do a player of the month. And then that player gets uh, a Dimax. And basically, oh, hell yeah. But you can't get more than, like, until everybody for, with a tag gets one. Yeah, but Andrew needs two. He's got to get one of well, them out of the plastic. <laughs> well, then then everybody else has to get one, and then he'll get back into the into the running. Uh, let's see. Just make sure I got all my notes here. I did want to point out uh, tag winners for this week. Uh, Todd Martin was the very first winner of the one tag. Liam is currently in possession of it. Brian Heller beat me for the t- uh, two tag. Chicken Wing beat me for the three tag and then beat me again to keep the three tag hauser tied james to keep his eight tag and uh jfat like i said just beat me and took okay. the nine tag also it should be noted that cookie won the tag off of me a couple times but i managed to uh and you have four over last weekend i have the four let's see what we got next oh how about some trivia uh this round of trivia is called also a disc golf disc it's going to be each of you are on your own because we we're going to do teams, but I'm going to ask you movie trivia questions, which the answers will also be the name of a disc golf disc. So you'll, a- you'll answer the question and then tell me who makes the disc that is the answer of the question. Does everybody understand? Sure. I believe so. Well, because he is our guest, Mike will go first. Let me just pull up my sheet here. All right. Movie questions that are also a disc golf disc. Mike, question one. What spaceship from a 1977 film was originally modeled after a hamburger with an olive next to it? Repeat that question one more time. Certainly. Uh, What spaceship from a 1977 film was originally modeled after a hamburger with an olive next to it? Odyssey. Do you have a guess? Uh, Only the same guess. Andrew? Is that the Millennium Falcon? Correct. The Millennium Falcon. Andrew, who makes the Falcon? Uh, Innova? Oh, well, they actually do make it for the company. He's right. Uh, so, so um, we'll uh, get Andrew gets a point. And so, you, if you're fine with Innova being correct, I'll yeah. They, they make all of uh, Millennium's discs. So you're good. Uh, but I did think it was funnier that the answer was Millennium. I, I was, I was passing it off uh, <laughs> to let the listeners pick up on that themselves. <laughs> uh, Jay Fat, uh, Terry McMillan's 1996 best-selling novel turned film told the story of how Stella was able to retrieve what back? Oh, her groove. And who makes the groove? Uh, that would be Innova. <laughs> all right, that's two points. Andrew, what is the name of Nintendo's video game console released in 2017? Nintendo's release console. Video game console released in okay. 2017. Um, is that the Switch? And what company makes wow, the Switch? I can't believe we got that. Um, 
Ooh. Just craft. <laughs> <laughs> Mike? Uh, MVP axiom. Correct. He's going to get all of this. <laughs> well, you got, a, you got a little lead early on. Uh, back to Mike. Question four. In Spider-Man Homecoming, Michael Keaton played Adrian Toomes, a.k.a. what Spider-Man villain? Oh, one of his names. Uh, Vulture. And who makes the Vulture? This craft. Correct. Two points. J-Fat. Thanks. I got to thank my son for that. Uh, J-Fat, what brand of computer did Jeff Goldblum use to save the planet in Independence Day? Oh, of course, now I'm just trying to think of discs. <laughs> brand of Andrew? computer? Yes. What brand of computer did Jeff Goldblum use to save the planet in Independence Day? Dell? <laughs> um, Mike? It's the Apple Macintosh, and Innova makes the Apple. Correct. Uh, the By the Apple. way, guys, he did not send me this list ahead of time. Oh, I did not. I don't think I've ever heard of the Apple. I thought I thought it might have been Apple, but I was like, "There's no way they have the a Inno- name." The Apple. Innova Apple is a uh, is a lid disc. Um, they use okay. a octad, and I can't remember which worlds, but they actually serve their lunch in the disc as their plate. Awesome, uh, Andrew. Ponfar is the mating time of what Star Trek humanoid race? Ponfar is the mating time of what Star Trek humanoid race? Vulcan. And who makes the Vulcan? Discraft. Mike? Oh, that's the Vulcan is definitely in a wreck. Yep. I'm a mess. All right. Top of the order. Mike, Tom Felton won back to back MTV movie awards for playing what Harry Potter villain? Oh, boy. I'm not uh, Draco, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And who makes the Draco? Millennium. Correct. JFAT. Zion, the biblical name for the land of Israel, is the besieged underground human city in what series of films? I'm going to show my uh, lack of movie knowledge here. Um, I don't know. Andrew? Would that be The Matrix? Yes, it would. And who makes The Matrix? Discraft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you know who makes The Matrix? <laughs> All right. That means we're at Andrew. The majority of the 2005 movie Serenity takes place 500 years in the future aboard what class of transport ship? I did not see Serenity, so I do not know. All right. Uh, Mike, do you know? I don't know the name of the ship. Okay. Uh, JFAT? I would say Cutlass. <laughs> we were looking for Firefly. Uh, Firefly. And the Firefly is an Innova disc. Oh, right, because it continued into the, uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, TV that, show then. Yep, the TV show did a movie. Right, right. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Question okay. 10. This is for Mike. The one word title of what 1985 Harrison Ford film refers to Samuel Lapp, a Pennsylvania farm boy who makes his first visit to a city. A witness. And who makes that? Nice. Uh, Jay Fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 1997 movie opens with Jada Pinkett meeting her end at a screening of the movie Stab? Can I go with Scream? Final answer? That's my final answer, yeah. Andrew? I got nothing on this one. Mike? Scream? <laughs> for Scream 2. Oh, oh Jakey! It was very, um, and it's Quest Applied Technologies? Yeah, it's molded by Gateway. Oh, nice. There's a relationship between Quest uh, Applied Technologies and Gateway. Also the maker of the Odyssey. All right. Andrew, final question. In the 1994 movie Pulp Fiction, what brand of burger did Jules eat before gunning those poor boys down? Big Kahuna Burger? And who makes the Big Kahuna? Discraft. <laughs> did I get it? Oh, come on. <laughs> Golly. I thought the odds were in my favor. All right. So first round. Now, I had this set for 14 questions, thinking two teams, seven and seven. So I have two questions left, but I'll just save those for another time. According to my calculations, I have Mr. Disc Golf at 11, 
JFAT two Sounds and right. Andrew seven. True. Like it's like disc golf, right? Low score is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like okay. your thinking. Yes. All right, Andrew, have you heard of Wedge's Summer Slam Demic? I have, and I am signed up for it. What what uh what pool? I think I'm in the B pool. Oh, I'm taking you down. Uh JFAT, are you familiar with uh Wedge's uh Summer Slam Demic? This is the first I've heard of. Well, it. I think they're they have registrations open on this this golf scene, but it's basically there's four pools, an A pool, a B pool, a C pool, and a women's pool. And you will play against a random opponent. Uh, from what I understand, you have two weeks to se- schedule a match. You play. The winner moves on. The loser goes to the loser's bracket. You can double. It's a double elimination tournament, basically. And, or do you have any interest in something like that? It does sound pretty interesting. I'll be uh, looking that up in a minute, I'm sure. And is it like a assigned course? Or do you... I, yeah. Uh, that I, I didn't really pay attention. I just signed up. Okay. <laughs> so, but I, it's either going to be Kisco or FDR. So, oh, that's right. You know. Okay, cool. So I didn't think too much of it. Do they have anything like that going on, Mike? Any kind of uh, match play or one-on-one type of stuff? Oh, we just had our uh, DD amateur match play uh, at Sellersville. I have one for Jordan, but the baskets have been pulled for a month or so now. So I'm waiting till the end of this week to decide if we're going to let the players choose the course they want to play at and do their own thing. I'm just excited. There's some competition disc golf. You know, props to the organizers for you know making something that can work and that everyone can stay safe. No, I agree. So, um, Andrew, other than Maple Hill, have you played any other new courses recently? Um, so I played Maple Hill. I played 501, mm-hmm. but I had played that one before. And But the new course I played was Rapscallion. Oh, great course. It is. It was a fun course. I really enjoyed that I used that one. to uh, do their Friday doubles when I was up there for tournaments. Oh, fun. They'd get 30, 40 people it, show up. up near Maple Hill? It's right on the border. On uh, right, It's the first exit off of 84 in Mass. When uh, you were out of Connecticut, it was good. It was like a, it's like a shorter course. Definitely like birdie opportunities. Definitely like some tough lines through the woods. Um, but it was a lot of fun. A good signage, good tee pads. Jay Fat, I already asked you, Mike. When's the last time you played? Actually, actually played around just for fun. Uh, two two weeks ago at a friend's. Uh, we have a we put together a private course. It's nine holes with two loops of nine. It's called the Homestead, and uh, you know, basically, it's uh, it's a group of us that. Uh, you know, we uh, we keep it socially distant. You know, it's not open to the outside. Maybe only fifteen to twenty people actually played the course. So you know, we got together, did uh, we had three groups of three go out and play and just have a good time. That's awesome. All right, um, I got another round of trivia here. J Fat, you get to go first this time. All right. Story is current events. Oh. Okay, round two of trivia: current events. J-Fat, which flavor of Lifesaver can produce a spark when crushed? Pinto green. Correct. All right. Andrew, built in 1895, the Edward Dean Adams power plant was the first large-scale alternating current electrical generating plant in the world. In which U.S. city is it found? Can you repeat the question, please? Certainly. Built in 1895, the Edward Dean Adams power plant was the first large-scale alternating current electrical generating plant in the world. In which U.S. city is it found? Chicago? Mike? Niagara Falls. Oh. Ah. Uh, I don't, Mike, Andrew's from Alabama. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Georgia. <laughs> I, I may have had my uh, honeymoon in Niagara Falls, and I've been there probably 10 times. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, also known as the Senior Circuit, which Major League Baseball League is the world's oldest current professional team sports league? National League. Boom. All right. JFAT. Yes. 
What is the name of the fast-flowing, narrow air currents found in the atmospheres of some planets, including Earth? I don't know, but I know I'm going to kick myself when I hear it. So I will say, I don't know. Andrew, do you have a guess? What's the name of the, of the air current? What is the name of the fast-flowing, narrow air currents found in the atmospheres uh, of some planets, including Earth? Damn it. I want to pa- I'm think I'm going to pass just because I don't want to say some so stupid answer. It's, it's an very obvious on a later podcast. What, what do you got, Mike? It's Jetstream. Correct. Yeah, Andrew was thinking about it after I gave it up. And I was like, oh, wait, I got it. I was going to say something stupid like <laughs> clouds or wind or I don't know. Andrew, <laughs> what is the common name for batteries that contain zinc and magne- manganese dioxide? Common name for batteries that contain zinc and manganese dioxide. Double A? Uh, Mike, <laughs> what's that? Rechargeable alkaline. Alkaline. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Mike, again, how much, is, how much electricity is needed to power the flux capacitor in the Back to the Future film? 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> Johnny on the spot. JFAT, question seven. What Kiss song did Ace Freely write after an underground railing nearly electrocuted him during a 1976 Florida concert? That's a good question. I don't really listen to Kiss. Sad to admit. I don't know. Andrew? Nothing. Mike? Shock me. Shock me. Yes. Andrew, 50-50. Which U.S. flag has been in use longer? One with 48 stars or the current flag of 50. Feels like a trick question. <laughs> um, we get the 50. I'm thinking we, maybe in the 50s, 60s maybe. I'm going to go with the 50 star flag. You are correct. Thank goodness. All right. Uh, Mike, the current IMDb rating for what 1984 movie is a solid 8 out of 11. Wow, talk about uh, The current IMDb rating for what 1984 uh. movie is a solid 8.0 out of 11. 1984 movie. Terminator. Uh, J-Fat? Gotta be Spinal Tap. This oh, is Spinal wow, Tap. I missed it. Fatty. Yep. What Latin phrase, which translates as the situation in which, is taken to mean current or existing state of affairs? What Latin phrase, which translates as the situation in which is taken to mean current or existing state of affairs. Status quo. Nice. Correct. All right. Uh, Andrew, multiple choice. Starting approximately 11,700 years ago, what is the current geological epoch? Is it the Cambrian, Holocene, Jurassic, or Miocene? Did I, I say Holocene? It's Holocene. Holocene. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought I said Holocene. Ooh. But you are correct. Andrew. All right. And Mr. Discoff, name the only two non-presidents. To be represented on the front of currently produced U.S. currency. Ben Franklin and Andrew Hamilton. Oh, Alexander Hamilton. Nice. All right, that is Good correct. <laughs> Let me make sure I got it. Okay, so three more questions. All right, JFAT. Question 13. What 1982 movie is loosely based on Philip K. Dick's novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? 1982 movie loosely based on Philip K. Dick's novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? 1983? Uh, 1982. 82. All right. So I'm like probably nine years old. I don't know. I passed. No? Okay. Andrew? I'm going to pass too. Um, okay. Uh, Mike? Blade Runner. Correct. Oh, is, is that it? Because yeah. that was on my mind. Damn it. <laughs> Andrew, who is the current Secretary of the Treasury? Um, is that Mnuchin? Correct. And final question, Mike. What is the current rate for a first-class letter sent through the U.S. Postal Service? 55 cents. Correct. All right. Man, he's smoking you guys. I mean, good ground, fellas. <laughs> got like twice as many as last time, Pat. Come on. Well, actually, no, last time he got 11. This time he only got 10. 
Uh, JFAC got three, and so did Andrew. So it is now Mr. Disc Golf 21, Andrew 10, JFAT 5. But there's plenty of time. Plenty of time. Nice job, Mike. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.